Okay, hi, I'm Matic. And I'm Sean. We are Smack Games, developers of Tokyo 42. Welcome to the Party Chat Podcast. Xbox on. Game on, baby. Wow! Hello and welcome to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I am this week's host, Ross Miller, and I'm joined by everyone's favourite uncle. It's Uncle Jesse. Hey, everybody. I'm back. And Ross, man, are you tired, man? You sound a little sleepy. I'm always tired, Jesse. <laughs> it's because always. we were up so late gaming. Actually, I wasn't up so late. You and the missus were up so late a few nights ago gaming. I was. Uh, yeah, that was pretty late. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us this week is our lord and savory snack, Jesus Christ himself, delicious cheese. Gentlemen. So, guys, how are you all Doing later on in the show, we do have an interview with the developers of Tokyo 42, which just came out on Xbox One and Steam this week. But we usually start the show with what we've been playing, but we've all been playing the same thing this week, and it is Tokyo 42. So I want your thoughts on the game, and I'm going to start with you, Clay. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I'm actually getting really hooked into it and I'm excited for it to officially drop. We are, sorry, uh, you know, we are recording this slightly before its official release, but the, the game is a lot of fun and it has this vibe to it that I can't quite put my finger on that reminds me of something maybe that I used to play when I was younger. Syndicate. So, yeah. Is that what it say, is? In the, in, the, in the interview, we totally didn't record yesterday and then <laughs> ram into the middle of this podcast. We actually decided that it was, uh, it was like bubblegum syndicate. There is something oddly familiar about it, but at the same time, I've, I've, must, I've sunk in a little bit more time than I care to admit in the game. So far, and uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it, and I can't wait to play some of the multiplayer. Yeah, it's going to be great fun. Reese, well, uh, I'm playing it too, obviously, and uh, I like it as well. The graphics are, are really cool. Uh, the music, actually, I I love. Yeah. If if I only had one complaint to make about the game, and that's this is such an old man complaint, by the way, but <laughs> I can't read anything. <sighs> In this game, the text. I knew you were going to say that. I knew the, you were going to say that. The text and the UI and everything, it's microscopic. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, I, if there was an option to increase the size so I can read, like that, that'd be great. There is. <laughs> like, there is. There is an option. Really? And it's called it. go to the store and buy yourself a bigger TV. <laughs> ah, come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Reese is playing off a 14-inch portable. Um, <laughs> no, I just streamed the most well now. <laughs> no, actually, it's a it's a 49-inch Samsung, and it's nine years old and doesn't have a single dead pixel. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it was like the very first-gen release of the full HD uh, LED flat panels, like the very first one. I paid like two and a half grand for it. Yep. And 
best two and a half grand I yep. ever spent because nine uh, years old and it's still going strong. Uh, I'm with you there, with you there. My original LCD Samsung that I got, uh, oh, probably over ten years now at this point, mm. maybe about ten years. That thing is still rocking strong. My other two TVs, on the other hand, eh, it's debatable. And those were <laughs> only a few years old. And I'm like, yeah, How is yeah, this thing a but, tank? <laughs> like, why but is this thing running? To be fair, Clay, like, you accidentally broke your TV to replace it with a 4K one. And uh, that's your justification <laughs> to the wife. That, that, so. that, that's the, just in case she's listening, I haven't sprung that on her yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, back, back to the game. Yeah. Like, I, I've been playing it, of course, this week. I have had fun. I've not played it maybe as much. As, as you guys and it does have a retro feel but the, the look and feel of the game so it's, it's sort of isometric although not isometric if that makes sense and you, you play as an assassin you carry out contracts and you're free to carry out those contracts any way you feel after the tutorial and um, I've been having a lot of fun with it and um, it does take a little bit of getting into I'm not going to lie it's, it's quite o- slow, overall yes. It's quite slow. But it, it's got to get you it's used to the mechanics and it's especially the, I, I, I don't know. It's one of the big things for me is the, um, you know, hitting the right and left bumper to toggle the view. Um, I don't know how, what, how you describe that view, but it, it you it's, spin it around. Yeah. yeah. It's not your normal camera mechanism. If, that if you anyone have. listening, if anyone listening has played Fez. Where you spin the camera, uh, it it's like, like 2D, and you spin the camera around on like a 3D plane. So imagine that mechanic, but like top down <laughs> with guns. It's yeah. and swords, ex- explosions, and grenades, <laughs> right. and missile launchers, and lasers, and, 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 nudity. and cats. There is, and cats there is, everywhere. There's a nudist colony on the first, <laughs> the first there is. level. Yeah. I didn't find. You gotta nudist. go. Off to, yeah, you just have to go over. There's like on the edge of one building. There's like a the map is you'll find huge. it. You'll find, it is huge. Did you <laughs> did you zoom out? Uh, no, like, no, I have the not. game. The, the game lets you zoom out, and you can just move the mouse around. Not move the mouse, move the view around, and the map is huge. It is huge, and you it, know what's the best part world. to me is is in the menu system when you're playing the tutorial system. It's, it's something like press down to look like a badass, and it's <laughs> you you can put on and take off your coat. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it like, it's like awesome. a like a syndicate like sort of Blade Runner style. Uh, it is trench coat, cyberpunk trench coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So we'll move on to the Tokyo Forty Two a little bit later on the show. But if he's been playing anything else this week, anything else of note? Actually, I have. I have. I'll let you go, Clay. Yeah, yeah. Let going. me let me jump in. You're the returning though. guest. I am the returning guest. I'm back. Oh, you might have to keep that. Sorry. I didn't make that <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, I have been playing some Everspace now that it has officially uh, released and enjoying it. I started the game over. It gives you the option as soon as you update the, the game and the 1.0 patch, I think it was, sort of their official kickoff. It's still, I believe, in preview, but... Uh, it's sort more or less the final build or an update of the build, and you now have multiple ships, and there's new enemy types, and all sorts of craziness in there, and it gives you the option to start your game over fresh, and it has a story mode now, which is which is great to see. Uh, Reese, I know you're having some difficulty with the the controls. Um, I. 
for whatever reason, that was a very I, tactical I, understatement you yeah, made. There. I I have no issues with the controls. <laughs> okay, for so <laughs> for for anyone who's curious, the controls are on controller. They're they're not good. I I want to remain diplomatic because we've had the developers on here, and it is a good game, but it was designed for a keyboard and mouse, and they are very 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 twitchy. Uh, it's it's really hard to gain any fine control. It works. See, I, I personally just started playing it. I literally picked it up for the first time today. I'm an elite and... veteran. I mean, I have I have like <laughs> 200 plus hours on elite, so I know how to fly a spaceship. No, that's and, a hardcore and, sim. We're not talking. Yeah, and <laughs> even even so, it's like it it the controls are bad. They're, they're really there's no so other word. Zero for issues it. with the bad. I've got zero issues with the controls. Yeah. Like seriously, like, and I couldn't get into it. But there's no so, finesse. You, the controls are so twitchy. It's like impossible to actually aim at anything. You, I, I you just need to, You just need to get a better grip on your potato and and uh, <laughs> aim a little better. Well, unfortunately user, for you guys, the, the entire internet is full of rage threads saying the exact same <laughs> thing, internet. which I discovered afterwards. And if it's on internet. the internet, it has to be true. <laughs> I read something once on the internet. It was. Yeah. It was I wouldn't advise it, Clay. That's that. That's that's like the first mistake. But seriously, what else have you been playing apart from Everspace? Uh, I have been playing way too much Siege and streaming a lot of Siege, which we'll get into here in just a few minutes. And um, I have had some wonderful, wonderful experiences with random casual players. Uh, I just. There's something about when you get into a group playing, you know, it's it's one experience with your friends when you're playing. That's it, that's one level of fun. But a whole nother level is randomly meeting other people that you can instantly relate to and have a great time with. And you play I must have played for a handful of hours over the weekend with just a, a random group of guys. And it was an absolute blast. So it's one of my loves, loves of the Xbox and people actually using their their mics when they game <laughs> nice that's like the old school xbox it is vibe. it is it, it is like playing it, gears it of war on the 360 or something that's right that's right it had a little old school vibe to it nice well Reese? i have been playing more prey i'm in 21 hours now i checked the timer just before i came on here i'm so close to the end it feels like anyway the story is getting really interesting i i, I want to talk about it to everybody and, and but i can't because it's like spoilers and ah oh, but it's it's good it, if, if anyone is on the fence the game just dropped to 40 bucks today so go out there and pick it up because it's Great. The game really respects your intelligence. I know I keep talking about it, but I'm going to quickly talk about this before I move on because it was something that I talked about with my girlfriend as well. That uh, in one quest, a side quest, basically tasked us with getting into a room to to access some some old data files. And at the front door, the door was locked, and the keypad was busted. So you either have to hack your way in which required hacking level four, which I don't have. So I can't do it that way. And so I'm wandering around like, do I try and find the, the code? Do I try and find the key card? And then uh, the, the game gives you like a, this, this sort of fire extinguisher called the glue gun. And you can sort of make your own steps with it. And yeah. I, I fired it onto the wall and climbed up the wall. It wasn't even my idea. My girlfriend suggested it. And I peered over the top, and, and lo and behold, you can actually drop down through a hole in the roof. 
uh, and and you know when I was in there, I realized you could have uh, if you had like the strength power, you could have moved something to get inside. Like there's so many different That's options awesome. available to you, and it really really respects your intelligence. It didn't tell me anything. There was no marker. It just said you need to get in here, so do it. And like <laughs> so, figure it so out. <laughs> yeah, so few games do that. Uh, and like for example, you can get the power to change shape. That's a, a, like a change into things. It's a small spoiler, but not really. Kind of like the main enemies do. And for the longest time, my girlfriend and I were trying to figure out how we can get into this room. And then it was like, wait, wait a minute. I dropped a grenade on the ground and I turned myself into a grenade. And I rolled through the gap in the door. And the game was like, that's fine. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, well done. Like, that was, so it's, it's, it's one of those games. Well, for me, I've been playing Skyrim. <laughs> Again. Again, I went back and done some of the Dawnguard DLC. Did you say Dunguard? Dawnguard. Dawn. Dawn. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Ross, you know what I would love is, do you watch Game of Thrones? I no. Oh, what? That's maybe get, even better get, than so. Get I, I maybe want to get a whole bunch of character names from Game of Thrones and have you try to pronounce them. It could be. Oh my goodness! Thoroughly entertaining. Oh, yeah. Well, wouldn't he be like more accurate than us in a but way? Actually, maybe that is. Maybe you're right. <laughs> like, right. Well, I think this is a point where we move on and find out what's been happening in the subreddit this week. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. So, after recording last week, basically news dropped left, right and centre. So we've got some big, big stories to actually come out and talk about this week. And first up is usual, usual user Phylaxis. Um, who won the Karma Lottery and has the mixer being announced story. So Beam has changed its name to Mixer because they couldn't use the Beam name globally. And this, of course, means as well that E3, the Xbox conference, uh, is going to be streamed in 4K. So guys, are you excited about Mixer? Yeah, just slightly. Just a little bit. Just a and little bit. Actually, side note on that, our, our our good buddy who's been on the podcast, what, three times now? Uh, so. Josh, uh, what's his name? Claire, uh, Claire? <laughs> Stein. Josh <laughs> not Stein. Steen. Not Stein. Uh, I had to, prom- I, did you notice I had to pause there for a second to yeah. run through that in my head? <laughs> I heard, I heard. Uh, he has been promoted just today before we started recording. He is now the product manager for Mixer. So congratulations, Josh. Congrats, Josh. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on soon. The beards are taking over the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> so so guys, Mixer, it's it's pretty cool, right? I mean I mean, let's be let's be real. Beam, previously, now Mixer, is objectively the best streaming service there is. It's got like yes. zero latency. It's got almost zero co-streaming. Mm-hmm. It's got interactivity, uh, and and now it's being pushed by Microsoft. Do you think it has got the chops to compete with Twitch, which is a well-established brand, despite being a dinosaur technologically? I, I think competition's good. I think 
starting early is is obviously helping Twitch a lot, mm. just because of its user base and the fact that it's known as the the one to go for. Like I've got friends on Twi- um, Twitch that are just like, no, I, I'm not moving from Twitch to Beam. Um, I'm going to stay there. It's I've got too many like followers here. I can't now move over. And um, so you know they're always going to be competing against that. But for people like us who didn't really stream too much before, it's amazing. Yes, agree. Yeah. We can do it natively from the Xbox. I've been streaming my playthrough of um, Outlast Two. Clay's been doing um, Rainbow Six, of course, as well as some three D printing on there. And and I even watched a couple of hours of Respawn. That game that I can't pronounce? Ukulele. I actually forgot to, to mention that I, I, I played Ukulele for a couple hours. Really good game, actually. I was surprised. Uh, I don't. I think most of the, the, the negative reviews are, are full of crap. I, I really enjoyed it, but the camera is as bad as everyone says. It's I'll have bad. to watch some of your uh, stream history there and, and catch yeah. up on all of that stuff. I, I it doesn't have, talk. I didn't have the mic on. I was just oh. lounging on the sofa, so there's no swears. Nice. Camera on as well. Connect camera on. You just lounge in there. No, I, I had no pants on. I think I get banned from Microsoft for, from, from like the go. whole of Microsoft for that. Next yeah. time, no, though. But, but it, it's, yeah, I, I think, Ross, it is a, for the one reason, not for the one reason, but for a major reason is exactly what you just said. The native integration to Xbox is going to be huge. I don't have a PC. I have a MacBook. And I have a hard time doing any streaming from this. It just isn't, it's not up to speed. It's not powerful enough. It's on a Mac, which half of the streaming software doesn't work on, it seems. Hmm. And it's a pain to try and get it going. And with it being directly on the Xbox, basically anyone that has an Xbox and an account is going to be able to stream. And it sounds like... Or maybe there were some rumors floating around that they're working on trying to get this loaded on PlayStation as well, which would be, you know, equally as great. That's that's amazing. That would be, I, I think, really cool for them to so have cool. this platform built into all these consoles. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's like the, the amount of button presses it takes is like four. Three? You, yeah. three? <laughs> you, press, you press the Xbox button to bring up a guide. Yeah. Then you hit up twice to take you to the... The, the streaming thing. then you hit a and then you hit <laughs> then a hit again start <laughs> yeah or start it's, but yeah yes. it's, it's super easy to get going and if you have a connect you can use your connect to, to stream your camera you can plate position it anywhere one of the things that i'm excited about is the um the create they're they're supposed to be putting out a mobile app soon which would be really cool because that means I'll be able to do some streaming of stuff that I'm doing that's not uh, directly on the Xbox. So as yeah. Ross said, I was trying to do I, – I 3D printed the Mixer logo, and I was streaming while I was gaming, like the printer printing this. But it would be great you know, for me to be able to do some other cool projects um, from my phone or yeah. stream it from something else directly. I, cool. you know, even live events. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. You go to See, E3 yeah. or Gamescom, you, know, you can go on your mobile and – and show everyone what what's about, and and it's just got so much potential. I'm not going to lie; it's replaced TV in my house. Well, the thing is, I, I, Mixer is not being billed as just streaming for games. Like the 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 one thing that gives it an edge over Twitch that that might help it catch on is the fact that Microsoft is pushing it more as a social media platform that lets you stream because they're actually directly competing with Periscope on Twitter because you can just live stream yourself wherever you are. 
and that's okay. You know, Twi- Twitch is exclusively for games, uh, so so it's actually quite cool in that respect. And not to mention, if I start streaming on my console and or maybe not on the console, I have to test that out once they have the app out. And someone's on their Xbox playing a game, they get a notification that I'm now streaming yes. and they can pop in there. And I've had people that I'm friends with just pop in and say, oh, hey, what's going on? We haven't chatted in a while. Unfortunately, if you don't set up your, your notifications, you also get an email. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, got, I got emails like 3 a.m. Hey, Uncle Jesse started streaming. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jesse's trying to contend with Ross and his wife being quite drunk and playing Rocket League yeah, with him. <laughs> Man, we, I, I was like, horrible at, at uh, Flip Cup Puck. We'll just call it that for the <laughs> <laughs> But, like... Yeah, the potential for this is unbelievable. I was mentioning there, it's replaced TV and green skill, Dan, that's been on the podcast. I, I sat in that for a couple of hours on Saturday night and was playing Jackbox with them. And, you know, I just feel as if, as Reece said, a social media platform, an entertainment platform as such, they could take this so, so far. Um, there was some rewards available for people who were using Beam. I think if you hit level 10, you were getting a free subscription. Yes. And if yep. you were level 50, you got a year free of Beam Pro. Wow. Exactly correct. Exactly correct. And with the Insider build that just dropped earlier this week, um, you can now co-stream from the Xbox as well. So things are looking up for... Mixer. And if, I know it's a beam. I was going to say, you can also <laughs> expect us to be... Uh, we were already talking about doing some co-streaming ourselves here. I was so just about to say that. If if anyone has requests for games they would like to see us co-stream, let us know. So yeah, if you want to see us streaming some games on Mixer, you can join us at mixer.com forward slash team forward slash party chat pod. And we're on there quite a lot. So come jump in and maybe play some games with us. Reese, what's the next story? Ah, okay. So it's it's a little bit exciting, a little bit a little bit controversial, uh, and basically all around cool. And that's that uh, Far Cry Five finally dropped its official announcement trailer, and that was posted by user Run Destiny. Uh, basically, the moderate controversy is that it's being set in rural america montana i think if i'm not mistaken uh and you fight against militant christians who are press ganging a local town into fighting like a civil war i think it's it it looks interesting um Uh, very interesting i have to say i mean i i'm personally not a fan of americana just because it's so so alien to me so, uh, I, that's why I'm building the wall, son. <laughs> but, uh, I was, I was trying to think of a way to recover from that. But, but I have to say that it, it's original because like that's never happened before. Like a game like Far Cry, like an open world, uh, action sort of, you know, physics playground where you, where you blow crap up everywhere. That, that's never been set in America, has it? I don't think so. No, the the only thing I can think of is um, uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> That's yeah, a western, yeah. but it's not modern. <laughs> yes. You know, I can't think of any other modern day set in America 
where you're, you know, running around doing all sorts of crazy stuff that you shouldn't be doing. I got one. I got one. Redneck Rampage. <laughs> you remember you, that game? Do you notice the same? Game? Do you notice the same theme here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you know it's Far Cry? It's a Far yeah. Cry. It's it's Far Cry. Yeah. It's also not coming out until February next year. Wait, that long? <sighs> yeah. Ouch. So, like, they announced this and I assumed, oh, this could be a September and October release. No. Didn't they do that the February last time? February 2018. That's really why unusual. Why are you dropping this now? You know why? You know why? It's because they're not reusing the same map again. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they were able to put it out. You know, it's you going know, to take if, a little bit longer. <laughs> if, if I wanted to be cynical, I'd say that they're dropping it now while the... While the topic is hot, uh, is Ubisoft holding a, a conference this year? Mm, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Well, then they don't need to skip E3. So yeah, maybe they'll I, be doing more detail on the game. I guess I don't know. Normally, they, they have dropped a live like demo. five trailers for this thing. Yeah, they they're going all out. And apparently, uh, on the sub today, an article dropped saying that it will have two player cooperative campaign, like proper cooperative campaign, not the sort of shoehorned mode that they had in the last one. Um, and apparently you can customize your character's, uh, appearance and gender for the Very first time. Very cool. So yeah, options are Fantastic. Good. Yeah. 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 Like, we all know the Far Cry format, you know, so we know what it's going Been to be like. It for but like I, I do think, yeah, I do think that this, um, you know, as an interesting setting, um, the character trailers are better than the actual trailer themselves. Um, and I, I am slightly excited for it. I played Far Cry 4 before 3. That's weird. Um, but... and I know, it's strange. And I, I couldn't quite get into Far Cry 3 because what? it was slightly older. Yeah, no, it's just because it's slightly older. You, you always like the first one that you play. It wasn't a series that I was really interested in before, but I picked it up, um, Far Cry 4, and I really enjoyed the playthrough of it. But I've not really fully got into 3 at any point. So I'm quite excited because I don't have that fatigue. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but a few people that I've read online are like, oh, it's more Far Cry. It's just going to be the same. And it's a bit like that sort of Assassin's Creed feeling where it's like, you know, is there too much of the same going on here? So it's all going to be about that setting. Yeah. Setting. Any changes. Characters, yeah. weapons, vehicles, animal, wildlife. They clearly showed off hunting in there. I am. Very excited about this one. I loved Far Cry Three. I I I think this is going to be pretty cool though. This is right up my alley. And more of the same. I'm <laughs> if it's anything like Far Cry Three, I am all for that. That game was a little nutty. Can I? <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Can I be honest? I don't actually see a problem with stuff being the same as it was last year, but slightly upgraded. I mean, why does why does sports games get a pass for that? Is there inherently a problem with like? I mean, basically, sports games and, like, Call of Duty and all the yearly franchises, they're sort of like the TV, like the broadcast television of gaming, you know? It's like, it's it's easy to digest uh, sort of stuff that the masses can enjoy and they're familiar with it. And, and you know, I think that's that's not so bad. I mean, if, if you like that, uh, why can't everyone have a kind of game that they enjoy released on the regular? I mean, if you're a hardcore gamer, you get hundreds of games released a year that cater to you. But- I'm, I'm not disputing that, but in the same point, you know, FIFA doesn't masquerade as as being a different game from its previous one. Yeah, true, true. It's just a, a yearly install, but that's actually an, an argument we should probably revisit a bit later. 
uh, I think, like for a proper discussion, not something that I just, you know, pull out my ass during in the middle yeah, of yeah. the thing. But yeah, Thanks, let's Reece. let's <laughs> come back to that. I think that'll be an interesting yeah. topic. Come back next week and we'll be talking about the ins and outs of annualized video games and should or should they not be done is that sound appropriate no not really no no (laughs) so i think that's a good point just to head over to the interview that we have pre-recorded with smack games the developers of this week's xbox release tokyo 42 xbox snap this week's interview hello folks and welcome back to this week's interview with reese myself and Machek and Sean from Smack Games, who are here to talk all about this week's release, Tokyo 42. Welcome Hello. to the podcast, guys. Hi. Hey. Hey, thanks for having hey. me. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome, guys. Just want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what exactly you do. Well, I'm Machek. Um, I do graphics uh, at Smack Games. Um, it's just the two of us. Uh, so yeah, I make the pictures. I do all the colouring in, all the crayons. Basically, that's what I do. I just kind of sit around all day and play with crayons. Um, Sean does the rest. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, that's very oversimplified. Um, Magic does all of the modeling, all the animation, all the design work, does all the UI in the game, everything visual, really, he does. So definitely not a man with a crayon. Um, are the crayons real? Uh, the crayons. Yes, yeah. and they're, they're, they're much more tasty than people realize. Yeah, I was just thinking we had to get the edible <laughs> ones after a while. He was having some health issues. Okay. I just want to say to all of our listeners, it is not healthy to put crayons either in your nose or in your ear. I know that through experience. Allegedly. Other orifices, on the other hand. Uh, It's it's not that kind of podcast, boys. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say I'm Sean Wright and I do the code. That's it, really. I mean, all all of that, whatever that may entail. My back. I'll back him up and say that he does all the code, so it's all the AI all the sort of game logic, um, base systems, physics, um, you know, mission structuring, all that kind of stuff. So it really is a two-man gig, apart from the music, which is uh, in the game, which is being done by uh, Vicente Espy, um, who cannot join us. Um, he's in Cape Town at the moment, but he's a genius music multi-instrumentalist um, and a mentalist, and he did all the music. We need to know a bit more about... Uh smack games so uh how did you guys get started there's only two of you that is like a really unusual thing a two-man team we we, we've seen one-man teams but two-man teams is is pretty rare how how did you guys get started and how did you end up from getting from south africa to london well Well, i mean as a starting point it must be noted that we are brothers yeah whilst we have different names um same mother so i think it was i was in london you noted that you know, yeah. <laughs> is, um, is yeah. it something taking to know to figure it out, or yeah. did you know this previously? <laughs> well, it all began in the summer of 1988. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in London, and Sean was coming over from Cape Town, and just kind of before he arrived, we were just bashing around the idea of uh, making something together. We kind of did. We made a prototype for Tokyo 42, and it was better than we expected. Yes. So I think we decided to run with that. And for the sake of forms, when you're going to meetings and stuff, they requested a company name. Um, so we, I think we took about 10 minutes coming up with a company name, which is Sean and Mac uh, combined. So it's Smack. Like, oh, I see what you yeah. yeah, you can tell we had we had like a huge branding team behind that. Yeah. And not, that not the 
John <laughs> and Edward Jedward. It, yes, it's it's that, but potentially lower, sort of lower class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all capitalized <laughs> and as a toddler would sort of spell it. The company was formed out of necessity for this game. Yeah. Th- this week, you've of course just released your first game on Xbox, Tokyo 42, that you mentioned. Now, for those that don't know anything about the game, give us a little description of it. What exactly is Tokyo 42? Yeah, all right. Uh, well, Tokyo 42 <laughs> is is an isometric action game uh, set on the rooftops of a future Tokyo of our own imaginings. Uh, you inhabit the body of a man framed for a murder whose only way to discover the source of that framage is to become an assassin it's himself or herself. Yeah, it's a beautiful game that hinges on uh, the shifting of perspective along eight different degrees of uh, axes. Um, you view the game from a not quite isometric, from like about a 35 degree angle lifted from the horizontal. I think Wait, I might be me, getting a bit too technical let, let here. Let me just cut in here for a second. <laughs> what exactly is specifically isometric? You've piqued an interest here. Is, is there an actual measurement that makes something isometric? I believe it's yeah. 45. 45. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too down on the terms because I, there's, a, there's a few conflicted things. But yeah, it's, I think it's um, 40, 40 degrees off axis. And then isometric generally speaks to there being no depth. Um, so yeah. no matter how far away you are from something, um, it's still it's still got the same depth as something else. So isometric yeah. technically is two dimensional representation of three dimensional objects. Yeah. Um, so I mean you have to look it up. It's it gets really technical. There's axonometric and whatever. Um, and also graphic is another thing to describe the lack of perspective from that angle, uh, yeah. like the two Dness of yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Today yeah. I learned. In making the game, we were looking to a lot of old classic games for inspiration. So um, it plays like a mix of, uh, if you imagine, the original GTAs um, mixed with sort of like the physics combat of something like Worms in like the style of something like Syndicate or Blade Runner. Um, so it's this kind of cyberpunk, open world, uh, physics-y action game. Yeah. yeah. See, we just as you said that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> said that in the show notes that we have yeah. down here, we've been playing it this week, and we put down. Oh. Oh, I wonder where these guys get their inspiration from. It has a very syndicate vibe to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when, when I was a, a teenager back in school, I, I had uh, Syndicate on the, the SNES, and I think I also had it on the Amiga, if it was on the Amiga. But uh, I, I played the crap out of that game. I, I love Syndicate. And while yeah. I was playing Tokyo 42, I just kept thinking, wow, it's like I'm playing Syndicate again. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> syndicate with colors. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, a popcorn or bubblegum syndicate. I mean, I think later on in the game, uh, you'll find um, you, you can buy a minigun and uh, you've always got access to a coat. So what we wanted to do was a sort of indirect way of getting to that point where you have a minigun whilst wearing a coat so that you could look like a sort of a Tokyo <laughs> version of these syndicate guys. Oh, that's great. I can't wait. Now, now, now I'm really invested in, in getting to that point. <laughs> Reese and I have been playing it. We're not too far in because the game is only just out. But um, one of the feelings that I get is how much the camera plays a part in the game. You're consistently changing views. It's almost got a puzzle element when maneuvering to make yeah. sure your camera's at the, the, um, the right angle. So, uh, so Fez, like by Phil yeah, Fez. Fish, 
that that was the fez was of course only 2d but this is like taking that sort of perspective shifting thing and and turning shifting the perspective i guess yeah oh. uh, i see what you did there. <laughs> yeah so that was this is kind of the new thing that we've done with this game and it's as far as I understand, no one's been able to say otherwise yet, and I hope someone does, but there's no one that's done isometric games like this with um, full vertical movement. So generally what you see is twin stick shooters that are stuck to a plane, or something like Fez, which is which is more me- it's a mechanically 2D still. You're kind of switching you know, your 2D view. Whereas this, this is a full, full 3D game, actually. Um, and you you can get on top of buildings and snipe down onto things and throw grenades up and down and um, you know as you say you're you're fighting on multiple different levels now what that means obviously is that things kind of get in the way so you have to rotate the camera to find your best view to to engage with whatever situation you might be in be it sort of sneaking through some sort of guard post or you know trying to find a sniper angle or whatever it is um so yes in a way that the the environment is kind of a puzzle you're trying to find the view that best suits what you're trying to do yeah even um, when, when i was playing in the the early in just at the very beginning of the game it teaches you how to uh to snipe and yeah, you yeah. have to get on top of a roof and i was like looking at the roof like it's absolutely impossible for me to get there how on earth do i get there and i thought wait why don't i just spin the camera and as soon as i spun the camera i realized that i could actually jump onto these platforms but because the camera's angle was twisted it looked like just a wall yeah so so yeah i know know exactly what you mean yeah yeah i mean it's it's quite becomes quite apparent that from certain angles certain little passages of combat are so much easier and uh, we kind of really noticed this uh, at some point, well, with playtesting, when we watched other people play, and we just said, like, try rotate the camera, you know, and people were dying quite a lot. And that actually brought out another one of our influences, really, because what it ends up feeling a bit like is kind of like a Hotline Miami style thing, where you will die, and then you'll respawn very quickly, and then you, then you suddenly get to reassess how to attack the uh, the, the little combat puzzle that we have for you there. So in some cases, you might rotate into a certain angle or jump off this thing or so on and so forth. So there's definitely a combat puzzle element that you can explore by you know, dying a lot, which yeah. is encouraged, I think, in the game. So the, the most striking thing about the game that everyone notices straight away is obviously it's artwork you know it's it's bright it's vibrant it's distinctive uh and you know we understand that uh of course you did the art magic but uh how did you guys get to this style like was it always going to be this way like it's it's really unique what, what, how on earth did you come up with syndicate plus cats yeah <laughs> well there's a, there's a couple of things I, you know we wanted to you know we were looking at uh obviously game art and when it comes to indie titles, there's a few that really sort of stand out as uh, top of their top of their game, and um, I think uh, we were looking at Monument Valley quite a lot, um, and you'll probably see quite a lot of influence from that. But um, there was also this—I uh, don't know if you remember Where's Wally? Of course. Yes. Yeah. So. Waldo, the Waldo American to friends. the Americans, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Waldo, and there's, I think there's other names for the countries in Europe. But um, we really wanted to kind of play, do something like that. But there's this other group called E-Boy that does Where's Wally But Cool. So kind of imagine a hip Where's Wally. Um, with Instead of Wally, it's like Daft Punk. Say, Isn't he already dressed find. a bit like a hipster? He is a bit, he is a bit of a hipster. And you might actually yeah, find him somewhere is. in our game. Um, <laughs> but Maybe. So, so we were looking at those as, as influences. And then 
at the same time, we were looking at the sort of cyberpunk genre, and you know, when you look at it, it's all dark and rainy and neon lit, and we kind of wanted to turn that on its head a little bit. Um, so the the world is set in it's a sort of similar thing, and there's sort of sort of cyber corporations that are you know, and there's things you have to find out with these you know, there's corporate um, intrigue and all that, and but instead of this this dark and rainy world where you might be you know eating noodles and drinking whiskey whilst you know moaning the loss of your you know dead partner or something, you're in this bright and colourful bubblegum bubblegum world, and almost an inverse of what you often see. We've mentioned influence earlier on, but you've pretty clearly been influenced by 80s cyberpunk. What are your favourite movies, books, games in this genre? Because me and Magic actually live together, but we, we have, in the bathroom, we have a massive anthology of the Spider-Jerusalem Transmetropolitan, yeah. Um, who's a fanta- It's like a fantastic graphic novel series. If you haven't checked it out, check that out. That's also from roughly around the same genre, probably like 90s-ish. Yeah, so cool. We I've been personally quite influenced by anime from that period as well. We got like Ghost in the Shell, sort of a Red Lion is another great example. Akira, no doubt, um, huge influence and very prevalent throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, this is one thing we we love some of these references and influences so much. There's pretty pretty strong lines to them in the game if you play it a bit yeah and i mean i think i think that's why we set it in tokyo mainly because we we kind of uh we've been japanophiles in many respects and this being our first game we really wanted to uh kind of pay homage to that by setting it in tokyo and that kind of allowed us to draw on all of these uh, old pieces of uh art uh be they film or game or otherwise that um we loved so much it freed us to kind of just enjoy it you know so instead of you know having to make a recreation of london which we live in and we really just want to kind of get away from sometimes <laughs> we could kind of live and dream in this world that you know that we were raised in um i think another film for me which was important was paprika um, which Ooh, is an anime as well that's um, a, a really good one yeah and you, you could kind of see some of this the, the big head influence in these kind of it's a sort of psychological thriller the anime um but it goes into sort of a very psychedelic space where there's sort of all these toys and you know oversized teddy bears and kind of going through these people's dreams and nightmares um and it's just sort of psychedelic technicolor madness away from that uh one thing that's been getting a whole bunch of positive buzz a lot of curiosity a lot of a lot of press about your game is the unique take on multiplayer. A lot of people are very excited to give it a try. Tell us all about it. Well, in the multiplayer, it kind of works in the current game mode that we have in the build. It works in a two-phase sort of pattern. Uh, You spawn in one of the many doors in this kind of succinct uh, arena-style cutaway of the world. Actually, all of them are made like individually, but they're not in the main world, but they are. You can see that they belong in the same space, obviously. Now, when you, when you spawn, you're wandering around, and there's crowds of people everywhere, and you don't necessarily know who is an enemy and who is not. So you have to spend a bit of time trying to spot who might be an enemy and equip yourself. Now, at some point, you have access to a cat called Tracker Cat, who you can spawn and who will go and sniff out enemies and basically show you who to kill and 
once you do find that out, you can approach the assassination however you want. Now, at this point, it can kind of devolve, or I should say evolve, into kind of all-out physics combat, which is super fun. And you get this kind of bullet hell exchange. And with the, with the multi-height stuff, it's, it can get really tricky and fun. And once you die again, you suddenly are anonymous. So it starts all over once again. And it's up to eight players. So okay. you can imagine there's quite a lot of tension of, you know, someone just suddenly becoming a sword wielder and or someone yeah. whipping out a rocket launcher. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, like you imagine, so if you imagine, yeah, yeah. imagine if, if you imagine where's Wally, but if Wally was trying to kill you. Well, it, it sounds a little bit like a, <laughs> an explosive version of the original version of uh, multiplayer in the Assassin's Creed games. Not, yeah. not quite the same, but but a similar premise about, you know, like stalking your prey without giving away the fact that you are also an assassin. That sort of thing, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we wanted to we we, ha- we, we wanted to have some of that tension in there. Mm. Um because I think you know, with arena with arena combat games that they're generally built around action and we were trying to figure out a way to bring tension and stealth in. So you get you get this phase, um, especially if you're playing with less players. I think when it when it gets to eight and there's eight friends together, it's pretty chaotic. Um and you know, it's a slightly different experience, but when you're just one on one or one versus two, um, it can get super tense. Um, and Sean mentioned these, the tactical cats, the tracker cat. So you'll be creeping around kind of, you know, watching your back. And then all of a sudden there's this cat at your feet. Um, and you'll know that, that someone's been tracking you the whole time. And suddenly you kind of panic and you start running and then it all kind of devolves. It's really, it's a really cool loop that happens in the game. Um, I haven't played it yet, but now I want to. I might have to boot it up after this interview. I cannot <laughs> wait to kill you, Reese, in the game. We, we we should totally live stream this, Ross. Yeah, I think we're going to yeah. have to. That's going to happen. That's totally going to happen. Awesome. Now, one thing we do need to ask, of course, is how has it been working with Xbox and specifically the ID at Xbox program? Well, ID at Xbox has been amazing for us. Um, they've been, you know, mega supportive and they've been kind of a Get, you know, um, doing a lot of giving us a lot of exposure, um, and they've been really easy to communicate to. So they've been super helpful. That having been said, we've we have been kind of on our own in terms of the development stuff. So we've got a a, a person on board called Alex Darby, and he's got a company called Darbatron, and he alone um, has been uh, sort of handling the port, uh, sort of on the technical side, um, and then we've been we've been working on the sort of the front end side, so the optimization and the the kind of controls so yeah it's been a fantastic experience so far we've learned a lot you know we're very inexperienced with that sort of stuff and you know we ran into lots of things that we hadn't sort of we hadn't been prepared for um and sort of xbox helped us through that and you know we've learned what we could yeah it should it should be mentioned that um you know our our sort of introduction to id at xbox and ago in fact himself was through our publishers mode 7 games yeah. they've they've got a um like such a great relationship and and we've been so lucky to piggyback on them again you know like lucky to piggyback along with id at xbox with all the shows they put us at the support that they've given us and the dev kits and so on and so forth yeah and i, I understand you're you're planning a, a playstation version further down the road i'll just would. add something that you know it's something to understand about this this operation is most seven who's publishing us it's um it's in hardingham and Paul killed of data. They've made a few games themselves, um, and there's a couple of people over there, um, James Hannah and 
Robin um, Cox. Robin Cox. Um, and then, and then, you know, it's kind of like the two of us with Alex Darby and Vincent. Um, so it's a very small operation, you know. And and to, to be frank, you know, there's it's a it's a kind of small budget thing as well. As much as we'd love to um, have been on the PSP and the Switch and you know everything. the Vita and Game everything. Boy and everything. Really? <laughs> I mean, there was so much call for the Vita as soon as we announced Vita it. The six people who Vita will thank you. Mm. Those six people apparently have found us and messaged yeah. us. Really? Wow. Local minority. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's such a small incident. I know, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> it's an Xbox um, pod, I'm allowed to be. Yeah, and it's just it's just kind of a pity because obviously we'd love to do all that stuff, but there's just there's just yeah. not the resource. In fact, uh, no. I believe uh, when I was speaking with our last guys we had on here, the guys from Good Catch who just released Black and White Bushido, uh, we basically arrived at the discussion or at the decision that, uh, that making games is actually kind of hard. So, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not possible. But uh, we, we, when we started making this game, we had heard this rumor, but we didn't believe it. Ah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> so we plowed ahead, and um, I don't know if you've heard this this thing about people making a first couple of games that they always want to end up, they always want to make either open world or MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were we were in, like firmly in that camp, and that's supposed to be a big mistake. But we went ahead and went open world anyway. So and then we did learn eventually. Yeah, yeah. So apparently it's not as easy as it looks. No, it wasn't easy. It was very, <laughs> very, very hard. But I think personally, you guys, you guys pulled it off. It's a great little game. I've been having a, a blast playing it. How about you, Ross? Thank you. Yeah, really, really enjoying. It. I know I, we spoke about it earlier in the podcast, yeah. but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I, I knew it's it's funny. It's it's one of those games that as soon as you put eyes on it, like as soon as you see it, you just think that looks different, and it looks. Fun. Oh, it looks amazing. And as soon as you get that hook, you know people are just going to have a blast with it. And I'm I'm excited to see. You know, when we record this, it's it's just just releasing. And I'm excited to see all the feedback in the next few days of people when they finally get their hands on it and give it a proper shot. So, guys, congratulations! Yeah, congrats. That's what I can say. Thank you. I think um you know as people play it more, what, what we've most enjoyed seeing is um uh, people finding their own ways to play. Um, and yeah. you know, finding their own strats and little exploits, and you know, there, there's some situations that are quite tough. But then, you know, someone might find a cool sniper spot or something. Things that we haven't seen even. Um, and, I, and I think that's one of my favorite things about the game is that it just kind of it it can be really tough and quite hardcore, but then it can be really creative as well. Um, where you can, you know, you you know, we still some guy bouncing grenades off walls as if it was like a pool game. It was mental. So, yeah. Um, I really look forward to uh, seeing more different play styles come out as people discover how they play. Awesome. So, second last question. Uh, E3 is coming it's just around the corner when we release this. What are you guys hoping to see? Anything special? You want to see some more of a specific game that's been teased this year? Yes. I really want to see Mountain Blade Bannerlord. Ooh. I'm a M- Mountain Blade diehard fan. Um, other than that, I can't really say. I think you're our first Mountain Blade fan. Really? <laughs> well, the first one who's admitted so. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to uh, Project Cars 2. Ah. Uh, to see what tech they, they can have. Recently, since uh, GTA 5 uh, got back into racing games. So, with Forza, you know, I've got Forza under my belt now. Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to get a little bit more hardcore um so 
Uh, I want to see what what new tech they can show us. What kind of wheel deformation and rain wind physics stuff? Well, you know, is very important. <laughs> if you want to know like plastic loop the loop physics, I highly recommend the Forza Horizon 3's uh, Hot, Hot Wheels, Wheels expansion that just dropped. Hot Wheels, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> you know, we, we were discussing like where's where's where you know where's the old school uh, future races like Wipeout and all that, and. I was playing Hot Wheels and I was like, "This is it. This is this is this is where Wipeout is. This is the new totally. Wipeout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just in you know you've got a hundred and whatever, two hundred and whatever million cars with a million different configurations, and you can just blast around these orange tracks. It's epic. Um, just as a little bit of a teaser, but um, you may find some sort of racing element somewhere in Tokyo 42. We won't say too much Ooh. about it, but uh, keep your eyes open. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, guys, you've had it pretty easy so far. This has been a friendly chat, but we couldn't get through a whole podcast without having a hard question for you. Uh, This is Kotaku (laughs) levels of questions. That's what I'm going to say. Right, so this I mean, we're, we're doomed already. Yeah, this is like, no matter what you see, there's no right answer to this. Hard-hitting journalism here. (laughs) Coco Pepsi, go. (laughs) To both of you, I want two answers here. Which classic video game character could you and would you knock out with one punch? It's a little bit of a thinker. Um, mm. I would say um, our final boss, Marie. Um, you think that's he's a spoiler? That's what that's what I'd want to take. Oh, this is, he sort of said classic <laughs> video game. Yeah, though, yeah, right? yeah. No, no, classic. Well, well. <laughs> it's open to interpretation. What's classic? Okay, so, true. Major Nelson said Frogger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I immediately thought of Guybrush Threepwood from the Monkey Island series. Good choice. Uh, yeah. I, Good answer. I was waiting for someone to to just smack Guybrush across his stupid look. But face. I kind of like him. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know. But, but you but, could. I could definitely could. I don't think <laughs> that would be too it. hard. Sure. Well, I, guys, wait. That's one answer. I want two. That's two. Uh, We've got his own boss. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I'll allow it. My <laughs> brush was so good. Well, it's guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Of course, Tokyo 42 is available on Xbox right now. And I'll put all the links in the description below on the subreddit so everyone can go and check that out. But thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having us again. Where can everybody find out more about Tokyo 42? We have a website. Um, it's handily named Tokyo42.com. Mm-hmm. You can check that out. There is a Twitter called Tokyo42Game. We can find out more. Click on the, the Steam discussion groups. Yeah, yeah. And you can uh, also find out information through our publisher at mode7games.com. So, yeah. And you can um, phone Magic at 07. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Jess Corden tried to give his email address out last week and I had to cut that, so stop all this editing. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, I wouldn't thank mind you so someone much. calling me for once. <laughs> Who uses phones to phone nowadays anyway? Anyway, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and we wish you all the success in the game. I know we would have a blast with it so far, so I can't wait to see what the rest, everyone else on the sub. Thanks, Thanks again. again. Thanks again. Yes. Cheers. That was a great interview, guys. Thank you so much so good. for joining us. So good. I'm I, just like you I was there. on it. You don't know. <laughs> it's like I was there the whole time. <laughs> Ross. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this. 
<laughs> studio magic boys the illusion it's the illusion folks <laughs> let's 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 wrap up the podcast i think with one final uh topic that we definitely need to talk about and that is that game pass uh has launched to the public finally this month my cat is banging on the door again uh <laughs> Bringing you treats, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so yes, uh, user Deagle Burl. Uh, I've I've said his name a handful of times now, and I uh, his or her, I don't know if it's a he or she, and always screwed up. But the uh, Game Pass is should be by the time this podcast is up, will be officially launched, launching with over a hundred games, ten dollars a month plus a fourteen day free trial, gentlemen. Are you in or are you out with the Game Pass? I like the the show notes here. Deal or no deal? Yeah. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> deal or no I, deal? I'm thinking deal. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I've got a six-year-old that is right into his games. Nice. And it's expensive. Very expensive. No oh. one can deny that gaming is expensive. So for him to have access to a bunch of games that he wouldn't have usually had, I think this is absolutely great. Plus myself... There's a few games on there, like Mad Max. Mad Max is great. Yep, that I probably would have picked up at one point or tried to play, that I definitely will now. Um, I just think it's a phenomenal deal, but it all hinges upon what they take off and what they put on each month to keep me interested personally. I think it's awesome. Uh, At the moment, I'm not going to subscribe because basically I have played almost all of them but i'm definitely going to keep an eye on the uh on the system because you know basically as soon as a game drops in there that i'm interested in you know i just pay straight away because that's that's 10 bucks like uh, even uh, i can finish a game in a month so it's it's i think it's it's awesome and i mean this kind of thing is so good for somebody like of the value proposition to a new gamer like buy an xbox one yeah and then for 10 bucks you can have a hundred games like that's that's pretty cool, right? That's a little ridiculous. It's it's pretty. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Ross, I'd be in the same boat as you if my son is was a little bit older. For me, uh, right now, I'm gonna pass just because my backlog is just <laughs> stupidly large, and I am kicking myself that I missed The Witcher on sale over the weekend for twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, I missed out on Ouch. it, and um, I have not played that. But hopefully, if that hits this, <laughs> I will more than likely pick it up. Um, I, I just wanted to call out one thing before we wrap it up on this, that uh, a big thank you to 2020SE, who wrote up a big breakdown of all the games that are launching with it. There is uh, 112 games in total that are launching with it on June 1st. 72 of them are Xbox 360 games. 40 of those are Xbox One titles. 32 have been part of the gold or free promotional titles, and five are HD remasters uh, or re-releases, which I thought that, that, you know, I would have assumed almost all of the 112 titles were going to have been previous games with gold titles, and I was very happy to see that. That's not even not even half of them are games with gold titles. So that's a that's a pretty great offering, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you know what is quite funny? Is the first game that I played from Games Pass was Alex Kidd. Why is that funny? I I have no idea what that is. I don't know. It was just like, 
So it was a game that was in the Master System years ago, um, and I don't know why, but it was the first one I went for. The second one was Golden Axe, and the third one was Streets of Rage. Okay, so you went <laughs> full on retro. Nice. I went full on retro with it, but I have downloaded, as I said, Mad Max. I've downloaded um, NBA 2K16, because it's a game that I would never, ever have bought, but I've heard that the, the single-player sort of story mode on it is quite good. Um, and of course, you're getting games like Halo, all the Gears of Wars, including Ultimate Edition, everything except from four uh, paydays in there. If you can find a game, there's there's so much. Like, sorry, that was a bit of a dig, but you know, there's so much. Ross throwing shade. Don't ever buy payday. Sorry, that's just my only advice: oh. is never buy payday. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard um, nothing but horrible things there. So, yeah. <laughs> but you get it for free with this, so you know, or you know, for ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that. But you know what? There is a lot of great games. A lot of great games that I would not. You know, I'm going to try. If you're an achievement hunter, it is an absolute dream. Oh, I never thought of that. You are yeah. willing. Yeah, you're getting so many games that you can just plow through to get that gamer score up. And we said, you know, this isn't aimed at us. The people that go out and buy a lot of new releases when they come out and pick up a lot of games in sale, this is for the new people picking up consoles. And for them, this is absolute perfection. Just think of that. The the Achievement Hunters, that 112,000 gamer score for 10 bucks. Well, some of them will get DLC as well, so it's actually higher than that. Because you get like, the free DLC with some of the free 60 games and things, so they are a little bit higher than that. It'll be interesting to see what the total gamer score is if someone wants to do the math. I'm sure someone has already. Is, um, yeah, probably. Is Stallion 83? I think that's the guy. Is he still the one that has the highest gamer score? I think so. All right, Stallion. So, we're calling you out. We're coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quit my job and play nothing but these games. <laughs> I think and play it all did. on Mixer. Mixer, are you guys hiring? Because I need some income if I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's, that sort of defeats the purpose of quitting your job. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. I'm going to quit my job and get another one. That'll show him. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, Clay Cheese. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Xbox One Party Chat. We'll be back next week with our E3 prediction special. But for another week, Xbox, turn off. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. Yeah, I, it I would be that. no. I think they're trying to get it in before the craziness of E three. E three, it's gonna yeah. get it's gonna get mixed in. Like I don't know, it's, it's got to be. You, you've got to be playing. Uh, I wanted to say tri- chat roulette, but that's not the word I no. was looking for. What? <laughs> that's what? What? <laughs> Oh, whoa. Where, where do we go Jesse, here? Uh, Wait a minute. So, so what, what are you doing in your spare time? <laughs> I'm like really red right now. Oh my gosh. I've never oh even used God. that before. Maybe once. Yeah. That, okay, yeah. Maybe I, don't, uh, I don't know what that is. Right. Right. I've never Last seen that before in like my life. 15 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like sweating. <laughs> I'm really red. <laughs> that just came out of absolute left field. <laughs> 
I wanted to say, oh, God. I don't know. Like going into E3 is, you know, you can, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. And I don't know what that's doing. Generally. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. You've oh my gosh. The podcast. Oh, holy cow. Oh, anyway, I don't know how to get back from that, but it's, it's a Ubisoft good time. Have their own- <laughs>